0: This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. Hey, good morning. How is everyone? Good. The weather's changing to fall, isn't it? It's nice. The chilly mornings and then the warm Uh, Nice afternoons and then the chilly nights where you can make a fire and enjoy all those smells. It's a good time of the year. Well, if you don't know me or have never seen me, I'm Brayden Larive. And I work here at Church on the Rock full time. uh, Creative director here. So I wear lots of different hats. And sometimes whenever Pastor Brian is gone, he um, gives me the privilege to fill the pulpit and to preach and to bring something from god's word and so that's what i'm here to do today um as josh said pastor brian is down in missouri uh he did a wedding yesterday um and he'll be back next week um so he won't be gone for too long we'll get him back in here next week uh but today it's me and uh we are in a series called god's 300 god's 300 and kind of the tagline of this series that Pastor Brian has been preaching is that we are God's 300 and that we are on a mission to save the world. That we have a mission as God's 300 to be a part in saving the world. And and where God's 300 kind of came about is there are approximately 300 people here um, on any given Sunday. And so if the 300 people that really comprise Church on the Rock, if, if, if we could all, first of all, understand our identity in Christ, if we could understand uh, what the Holy Spirit empowers us to do and makes us able to do, if, if we could all really be equipped by uh, the word of God and by Jesus living in us, well, then God's 300 would be able to make a, a lasting impact on our worlds and, and, and in our communities. And so that's what we're, we're talking about in, in God's 300. And if you've been here the last few weeks, uh, Pastor Brian has been bringing revelation about different spiritual gifts, um, all kinds of different spiritual gifts, the gifts of uh, wisdom, the gifts of knowledge, the gifts of healing, um, all different kinds. And he'll continue to do that uh, when he gets back. Um, and I'm going to just let him... Uh, Take care of the spiritual gifts part because he could do he can do that a whole lot better than I can Um, So i'm going to go a a little bit different and then he's going to come back and get us back in on the spiritual gifts Um, But I I don't know about you, but as pastor brian has been preaching About the spiritual gifts. There's just been something in me um, That is growing for a hunger to be used in the spiritual gifts like i'm finding myself being hungry to to act in those things that Jesus has for, for me to act in and for you to act in. Um, the Holy Spirit allows every one of us to, to have these different gifts of, of wisdom, of prophecy, of healing. And, and, you know, I've just started asking the Holy Spirit on a, on a daily to, to use me in those things, um, to impart to me those gifts. And, um, that's something that I would encourage you to do. Just begin to ask the Holy Spirit uh, on a, on a, on, in the morning when you wake up. You know, If you want spiritual gifts, just begin to ask. Um, but Pastor Brian will get back into that. When I was in prayer uh, for what God would want me to share today, um, I kept getting this feeling of generations. God kept putting on my heart, generations and and tying that into God's 300 how, how do we as God's 300 make an impact on the generations how do we as God's 300 reach the generations I'm, I'm sure there, there there's many of us in here that either have sons daughters grandsons granddaughters parents grandparents people in our lives in our family that haven't yet come to Jesus and that's what God's really been laying on my heart for for the message is how are we going to reach the generations from from young to old because throughout time God has always empowered people to be used by him in in extraordinary ways and i have to tell you something that during this time of the span of time you are here god chose you and made you exactly the way you are to be here for this very time in this very season in this very country in this very town so we have a responsibility to reach the generations because really god's plan for 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 the world to be reached for him is us and right now in this moment it's us like it's us it's nobody else because everybody else is is done and gone it's it's our responsibility now and so, to be honest with you, this morning, like, this sermon has probably come the hardest for me out of any sermon that I've ever uh, written. This sermon has come very difficult. And if you've ever had to preach or teach, I think you would know you, you have a feeling that whenever God puts something in your heart that you, you sh- you're you supposed to speak on, but it's something that you haven't really yet arrived at you haven't really yet embraced in your life or even you you don't really even have the the full understanding you only have like a little bit of this understanding but God's wanting you to share it it's, it's very intimidating it's very intimidating and I fought with God to that I, I don't want to present this because this is a message that I should be listening to this is not a message that I should be preaching and and I, I was I was at Starbucks working on this and and God spoke to me in that moment when I was saying, this isn't what I'm, I can't do this. I haven't achieved this yet. How can I preach on it if it's not something I've achieved? And, and God said to me that um, basically that we're, we're all works in progress. He said we're all works in progress. And he said that if you don't preach this message, there'll be people in the room that will never make progress in this area. And I was just like, all right, I got to preach it. So here I am, preaching this sermon. Who wants to see people come to Jesus? Who wants to see people come to Jesus? If you want to see people come to Jesus, then this morning's for you. Because I really believe that if we can take the principle of this morning and, and we can really live it out. We're going to see people come to Jesus. We're going to see people come to Jesus. I'm really nervous right now because I don't have a, a, I have no way of knowing what time it is. Because the screen back there is totally black. And so, oh, here we go. Hey, they gave me 30 minutes just now. I was supposed to have 30 minutes like five minutes ago. So, (laughs) perfect. All right. Let's pray real quick and then we'll get into the word. Uh, Father God, I'm humbled to be here before you today. I'm so thankful that your presence is already here. It's already opening us up to hear from you. God, that you are already preparing something special for each and every person sitting in a seat today. Lord, I pray that you would just open our eyes that you could reveal your word to us. Lord, I pray that I, I would just step aside and allow you to speak through me. God, that every person here would leave with something from you. God, that today would be a different day. That it would be a day that, that we leave with the difference made in our lives because of what you've done in us. Thank you so much for this day and for this opportunity. And it's in your mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, here we go. If you could write this down, type this down, whatever you want to do. Um, The first thing I want to say is that we aren't just saved from something, we are saved to something. We aren't just saved from something, we are saved to something. Ephesians 2.10, Pastor Brian's been bringing this verse up every week. It says, for we are God's handiwork, that that we are God's masterpiece, that, that we were created by him perfectly just the way we are. That he made us beautiful and wonderful and he gifted us with the abilities in which we can reach our world. All right. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Pastor Brian's been saying we all have what? To do's to do. We all have to do's to do. That God created us before anyone even knew us with certain things that he has for us to do. So when we say, yes, Jesus, we aren't just receiving the escape plan. But when we say, yes, Jesus, we're receiving the battle plan. And when we say yes to Jesus and we see that battle plan, we see that we have a very significant part in that. So when we are saved, we are not just saved from something. It's not just an escape, but we are saved to something. We are saved to do something. Second thing I would have you write down, and these are the two things where if if I was tattooing you today, these two things I would want to tattoo on you. Uh, First of all, that we are saved not just from something, but to something. And also, God does not demand sacrifice He does desire sacrifice. God does not demand sacrifice. He does desire sacrifice. What do I mean by that? Well, God does not demand sacrifice, all right, because Jesus took care of that for us. Jesus took care of the ultimate sacrifice for us. When Jesus came on the earth, when he descended from heaven, he did it because he wanted to. Because he didn't want heaven without us. So he came down on earth and he lived a life that we could not live. A completely sinless life. A blameless life. He paid for us the debt that we could not pay. We owed a great debt of sin unto God. And Jesus took care of that. Jesus was nailed on a cross. Jesus was laid down in grief. And then Jesus awoke with the keys to hell. He defeated death in the grave. And Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice. He always has been and he always will be. Jesus took care of all of that. That's the gospel right there. So if you've never heard it, there's the gospel. So Jesus took care of the demand for sacrifice because of our sins. But, but the, the, the thing that I think can be overlooked is that, that God desires sacrifice. We're going to go to Philippians 2:17. And if you want to pick a key verse for this message, this would be our key verse. This is a letter from the Apostle Paul, which you've probably heard of. Apostle Paul is writing to the Church of Philippi, which is why it's called Philippians. Paul brought the gospel to the Philippians, and he's writing them, and he's basically writing them a thank you, because they have sent him some sort of gift, a monetary gift, I believe. And so he's writing them a thank you. And, and Paul really has a love for the Philippians. He really has a special relationship with the church of Philippi. All right, so he's writing them a letter. And here's what he says. Paul says, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. So we're going to look at two things in this short verse. And the first thing we're going to look at is, what is the drink offering? Pastor Brian had me in his office a few weeks ago, and I, I can't even really remember what we were talking about. But we were talking, and then he asked me if I knew what the drink offering was. And in the moment, you know, I, had, I felt like I had heard of the drink offering. I felt like I knew what that was. And I said, yeah, I know, I know what that is. But as I began to think about it more and more, what's the drink offering, I kind of realized... You know, I, I don't I don't think I really do know what that is. And so I've, I've been studying the drink offering and I've got some things to share about the drink offering. And um, I pray that it, it speaks to you in the same way that it's, it's been speaking to me. Um, so we're going to jump around the Bible a little bit because we're going to try to get an understanding of what the drink offering is. And then we're going to apply that to the verse we just read. All right, so we're going to go Old Testament. If you want to flip through your pages, you can. If you want to just follow the screens, that will probably be easier, but it's up to you. I know some people like the paper. Go ahead and try to follow along the best you can, but we're going fast. We're going to go to Old Testament first, Leviticus 2.6. Leviticus 2.6. Um, because this, this, this idea that Paul's writing about, about being a drink offering poured out upon the sacrificial offering, it, it's, it's an allusion to uh, uh, the Old Testament. It's the language of the Old Testament that he's using. And, and so we want to start there. So let's look at this. Um, verse 5. Verse 5 describe, describes the grain offering. And, and it talks about cooking it on a griddle and that sort of thing. And then verse 6 says this. Break it in pieces and pour olive oil on it. It is a grain offering. All right. So here we see the grain offering. And then we see oil being poured on top of the grain offering. So we see a grain offering with a liquid offering or a drink offering. Oil poured over the grain offering, a drink offering. Numbers 15.6 has another reference to the drink offering. For each lamb offered as a burnt offering or a special sacrifice, you must also present one quart of wine as a liquid offering or a drink offering. All right, so we've seen the grain offering with the oil is a drink offering. Now we see a burnt offering with the wine. It's a drink offering. Further down in both of those passages, both in Leviticus and Numbers, you will read that this type of offering gives a pleasing aroma to the Lord. That's important. Bookmark that in your head. It brings a pleasing aroma to the Lord. All right, so here in Philippians, we have Paul making reference to, he's being poured out like a drink offering, like we just saw in those two Old Testament verses. And we see that the drink offering is being poured out on a sacrifice, sacrifice, or sacrificial offering. All right, even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. So what's the sacrificial offering? It has something to do with the faith of the Philippians, after all, because it says, you know, the sacrificial offering of your faith. So something to do with that. So we need to look at what our sacrificial offering can be. And if we go back to the Old Testament again, to Psalm 51, 17, it says, The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You being God. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Oh, God. All right. So here in Psalms, it says a sacrifice can be a broken spirit. And I believe that that brokenness can be like a, the, a broken heart because Jesus comes to bind up the brokenhearted. But I see the, the broken spirit as as like how you have to break a wild horse. Like how a wild horse is just crazy bucking around, running around out of control, unsubmissive. And you have to break that horse. And, and so I see the broken spirit as like being, being broken of that wildness and being submitted to God. So the sacrifice God desires is that, that wild stallion spirit being broken and being submitted to him. So there's one instance of a sacrificial offering, a broken spirit, a repentant heart. We've got Paul writing about another sacrifice in Romans 12.1, another letter that he wrote. You'll probably know this one. He said, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. All right, so Paul uses the language of sacrifice in, in this surrendering of our lives, of surrendering our bodies to the Lord. So we've got a broken and contrite heart. We've got the the submitted heart. We we've got the the living sacrifice, offering our bodies, offering our lives to Jesus. And then Paul goes even further in Romans and he brings this up this language of sacrifice and offerings again and he says, "I bring you the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God, made holy By the Holy Spirit. So Paul says here that the Romans that are receiving the good news become an acceptable offering. They become acceptable offering, which is like unto a sacrifice. So one more time, Philippians 2.17. Even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you all. So what is the drink offering? What is the sacrificial offering? Well, Paul is poured out as a drink offering over the lives laid down for the cause of Christ. Paul is poured out as a drink offering over the lives that are surrendered to Jesus. Now, First of all, in studying the drink offering, I found that the drink offering is preparatory, which means that it prepares for another task. And then second, the drink offering is is a confirming of covenants. So like it seals the deal. All right, so it's preparatory and it's confirming of covenants. Hebrews 7.27 Unlike those other high priests talking about Jesus, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus, all right, Jesus did this once for all when he offered himself as the sacrifice for the people's sins. So here we see that Jesus seals the deal. Jesus is a confirming of covenants. It says that Jesus did this once and for all. Once meaning for all of time, one time. Seals the deal. For all means not for any certain, but for all. It seals the deal. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. And then in Luke, he says, this cup is poured out for you. This cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to connect you to the drink offering and to the the sacrificial offering. All right. Jesus was the sacrifice that sealed the deal once and for all. But Jesus also says that he's the cup that's poured out for you, which is the new covenant of my blood. And so when Jesus hung on the cross... When Jesus hung on the cross as a sacrifice for all, he fulfilled the drink offering. His blood poured out of his side. And in that moment, Jesus was both preparatory for our salvation and it, it sealed us as his people. All right. So Jesus as a man was the sacrifice and the drink offering as the blood poured out of his side. He was the the one that, that sealed everything and made us his people. It was preparatory to our salvation and it was sealing. When Paul writes about being a drink offering, he's talking about blood too. He's talking about blood too. Because Paul is talking about his physical martyrdom. Paul is talking about losing his physical life, his earthly life for Christ. And, and, Look what Paul is saying. He's saying that I will be glad and I will rejoice with you all. How can he say that? How can Paul say that losing his life as a martyr for Christ, he will find joy and he will rejoice? You know, how, how can a man really say that? He's going to find joy in losing his life unless he's like has... Something uh, off in his head, but what Paul understands, and th- this is this is a lot to cover, and this is not surface level. But this is what I feel we need to hear. When, 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 what Paul understands and why he has joy in laying down his life, because Paul understands that it will be both preparatory for what others will and have to endure and it will help seal the faith in the Philippians, right? So Jesus, drink offering, sacrifice, preparatory to our salvation and sealing of us as his people. Paul realizes that he, drink offering and sacrifice, is preparatory to what others will have to endure, and it will seal the Philippians in their faith. All right, how, does that, how, does that, how is that ap- applicable today? How does that apply to us? All right, it's, yeah, it's, it's heavy, it's deep, it's confusing. How does that mean anything to me today? Ephesians 5.2. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us. And remember a pleasing aroma to God. So if Ephesians 5.2 says that we are to follow the example of Christ. And it goes to say that Christ loved us. Alright. So if we follow his example in loving. If Christ loved us then we love Christ. And then it says that Christ offered himself for us. And so if we are to follow in the example of Christ. We are to offer ourselves as a sacrifice to Christ. Whenever Christ offered himself as a sacrifice, it was a pleasing aroma to God. So when we, whenever we offer ourselves as a sacrifice to God, it is a pleasing aroma to God. Anybody like a pleasing aroma? I myself like a pleasing aroma. It's a good thing. And whenever we choose to sacrifice, it's a pleasing aroma to the God of the universe. When we love God and we sacrifice, whether that be time, whether that be money, whether that be energies, whatever that may be. it translates to others. See, in in loving Christ and in sacrificing for Christ, it translates into loving and sacrificing for others. Do, do, Do you see that correlation? Like when we love Christ, then we love others. And when we sacrifice for Christ, well, then we sacrifice for others. And whenever we do this, it's, it's not, it doesn't just get us down in the drudges. It doesn't just make us, um, woe is me. But we need to understand that whenever we do this, whenever we love and sacrifice for God and for others, that it makes God happy. It makes God happy. And, and what else could, could we better do with our days than to make the Lord happy? Paul also wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 12, 15. Paul understood this this concept far more than me. He says, I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. I will gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Now, is that not what a drink offering is? A drink offering is to be poured out, to be emptied, to spend and to be spent, to spend my strength, to spend my time, to to spend my life, to let go of my will and and take on God's will. To to any expense, to be spent, to be literally exhausted. I know some some of you in here are, are that way. Some of you in here live to spend and to be spent i saw guys the last two weeks not just guys guys and girls that were poured out as a drink offering working on this big project i I know there's people in here who, who who want to spend and be spent but it's not easy it's not what we want to do and, and, and much more, how, it's not what we want to do for others. Like, how often throughout our lives do we really think about others? I would say in my life it's about this much. And what I should be striving for is to spend and to be spent for others. Paul wound up literally losing his earthly life for Christ. Most likely, uh, he was beheaded. But I want to read here a bit of his final writings that you'll find in 2 Timothy 4. And as I read this, I just really want you to notice what his mind is set on. Like, even to his final days, this is what Paul is consumed with. He's consumed with spreading the gospel. He's consumed with others. He's consumed with the souls of those around him. And so in 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 8, Paul writes this. This this is one of his final writings that we have. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, he says, Preach the word. He says, Be ready in season and out of season. He says, Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth. And wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. And then he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there was laid up for me the crown of Righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Who who would want to be able to say that at the end of their life? That I have fought the good fight, that I have finished the race, that I have kept the faith, and that there's a crown of righteousness. Laid up for me. If you want to be able to say that at the end of your life. You got to let yourself be poured out as a drink offering. That's the reason Paul could say it. First John 3.16 We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. I'm telling you, I need to hear this message. As Christ gave up his life for us, we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. A commentary on this verse explains it this way, that... We should, when called unto it, freely lay down our lives for the cause of Christ and for the sake of his gospel, for the gaining of souls to Christ, and for the confirming of the faith. You know, when you do this, when you, when you lay down your life for your brother or your sister, you're being poured out as a drink offering. You're being poured out as a drink offering. And what did we say that drink offering does? A drink offering is preparatory and it's confirming. So whenever you serve others, whenever you are spent and, and whenever you lay yourself down for other people in your world, it is both preparatory and it's sealing. It's preparatory in the fact that it shows them who Jesus is. It shows them what he's done in your life. It prepares them to receive the salvation of Christ whenever you're poured out as a drink offering. And how does it seal? It seals because it shows people who Jesus is. And whenever whenever you're around people and you are serving them, and you are pouring yourself out for them, whenever you are giving of your time, whenever you're giving of your resources, whenever you are in it for the team, whenever you're constantly trying to find how you can help others, how you can serve others, how you can put others before yourself, it seals people in the faith. Because we can know it. We can know that that's what Christianity is about. We can know it here. We can read about it. But seeing it is something different. Seeing people live out that life is something different. It really seals the fact of what a Christian life looks like. Being poured out. Being poured out as a drink offering. So... I guess the whole point of of this message is, well, first of all, are you willing to be poured out as a drink offering? Are you willing to be poured out as a drink offering? And, And I talked about how God had put generations on my heart whenever I was trying to discover what he wanted me to speak about. And so... How do we reach the generations for Christ? Like how do, we, how do we as God's 300 make a lasting difference on the planet? And this may not be the end all answer. But I believe that in the everydays of life, being a drink offering. Is going to reach the generations. In your everyday's. Being a drink offering. Wherever you work. Whenever you become a drink offering. Those people around you are going to see. Something different about your life. In your families. When you become a drink offering. And you begin to. Put, put your spouse before yourself. Whenever you begin to serve your children, whenever you begin to, to bring that kind of culture, and you pour yourself out as a drink offering on your family, that's going to change things. That's going to make a difference on the generations. You, you know, where, wherever you may be, wherever you go, when, I, when you're out fishing with your buddies and you become a drink offering... It's going to prepare them and it's going to seal them for salvation. I really believe that that's what people are looking for. In this day and age, in this culture, the way things are at right now, I really believe that people are looking for people who will genuinely live out the Christian faith. And the reason that's so hard to come by is because living out the Christian faith is being poured out as a drink offering. And that's not easy. Like, like how many of us in, in the building would be willing to, to, as Paul was, you know, just say, "I know, I know I'm probably going to lose my life for what I'm doing. I know they're probably going to kill me. My blood's going to be spilled. But I'm going to be joyful of that. Like, that's not the times we're facing right now, but the times we're facing right now is, I don't want to lose my life of luxury. I don't want to lose my life of comfort. I don't want to lose my life of convenience. And that's what people want to see in our world. Because the people in our world, they're, they're used to that. They're used to the convenience. They're used to the comfort. They're used to the luxury. And if we can be something different, if we can show them that we are about helping others, that we are about serving others, that we that we are like Jesus and we are willing to lay down our lives so that their souls could be saved for the kingdom. That's what people want to see. It's what people want to see. I mean, we're doing great things here at Church on the Rock. We, We have great forward momentum. Things are happening. In the building, in the programming, in all of it. And it plays a huge part in what's going to happen for the kingdom. The church plays a huge part. But no matter how good we make this place, or how good we make our services, or how good we make our worship, or how good we make our messages, I don't believe that that's what's going to bring people in by the droves. What's going to bring people in by the droves is every single one of us, God's 300, going out and becoming drink offerings, serving them, pouring ourselves out for them, being spent for them, doing whatever it takes, whatever the cost, whatever we have to do to show people the love of Jesus. That's what will bring people in by the droves. Praise God. If you have a bulletin insert, they they have these. They're gonna have them on the screens. But I'm just gonna close with this. Um, if the band could come and get ready, please. We we're gonna have time of worship after this. If you haven't been here in a while, we've changed our format where we do a, like a praise at the beginning and then after the sermon we respond with a worship. And so we're gonna do that. So after the sermon, it's the service isn't over. It's a time to open up the altars and begin to engage with god about what he's speaking to you what the holy spirit's saying to you through this message um you may need to come and and just surrender yourself and say i'm ready to be a drink offering and and this week i'm going to do it you you may need to just come and be filled up so that you can become a drink offering maybe you don't have what you need to to pour out right now but whatever you need uh, god is here to meet you here his presence is here But there's something in your your bulletin and on the screens. It's from a song called Have It All. Um, And this song really encapsulates, I believe, what a drink offering is. And um, it's something that I think if you started each day with this song, you'd see big change in your life. Um, the lyrics of the song are you can have it all Lord every part of my world take this life and breathe on this heart that is now yours total surrender total surrender you can have it all all my dreams all my strivings all my, all my stuff that gets in the way You can have it all. Oh, the joy I found surrendering my crowns at the feet of the king who surrendered everything. Oh, the peace that comes when I'm broken and undone. By your unfailing grace, I can lift my voice and say, you can have it all, Lord. Bridge says, there is no greater call than giving you my all. There's no greater call than giving you my all. There's no greater call than for us to go out and to be drink offerings. I'll lay it all down. I'll lay it all down. There's no greater love, no higher name above. i lay it all down. I'll lay it all down. God wants you to know today that he's made you to be a drink offering. And Whenever you say yes to that, you're going to be able to change your world. You're going to be able to see people come to Jesus. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.